0: Welcome to the Talks with Tea Time podcast, man. I'm always glad to have you guys. Listen, what you're going to do for the next hour, kick back, sit back and enjoy some tea time in your ears, man. We always talking about sports, we always talking about real life events, and we're always just talking about life in general. So what I need you guys to do is go ahead, kick back and enjoy. Welcome to Talks with Tea Time. What is up, you guys? It's your boy Tony T. Tom Westman, and we're back at it again with another episode of Talks with T. time the podcast, man. Episode 16, I believe, now, season two. We're going to call this a championship Friday because there's a lot going on in the sports world right now. Um, It's a lot I want to jump into today as well. Within the sports world, we're obviously going to jump into a little bit more around Rivera, Carolina Panthers situation that we did in uh, impromptu. A podcast up And it got a lot of views and listens I appreciate y'all I don't know where this came out of nowhere But like my Ron Rivera podcast Got like 70 views Or 70 listens Which is amazing Um, I don't know if it just struck the right ear And it got moving over to TL But I appreciate it Y'all showed a lot of love on And I got a lot of good feedback too as well From the whole Ron Rivera thing So I appreciate y'all for that But today Um we we will talk about Ron a little bit, not too much, because things have developed since, you know, just in the past two days, obviously. Ron has basically went on this whole, you know, marathon of talking to almost every media outlet in Charlotte. So we'll talk about that a little bit when that time comes. But I wanna start off today. Talking about some college football because it's a big weekend in college football. Uh, The college football playoff rankings will come out. The official last ones will come out on Sunday. And we'll know who's playing where, what bowl is everybody playing. And we'll know all of that stuff come Sunday. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, We also will talk a little NFL. And then also as well, we're going to talk about... The listener's view, I brought that back a couple weeks ago, and you guys have really been tuning in and giving up, you know, you guys' suggestions of what you guys want to hear about um, and what we can have a discussion about. So that's going to be amazing. So that's kind of the stuff that we'll be going over today. Um, it's going to be a jam-packed Friday. Uh, like I said, I'm going to call this a Championship Friday podcast because there's so much going on. But I do want to go ahead and jump into college football first and foremost. This is a huge weekend for college football. Very huge weekend. A lot of teams, you know, the outcome of this weekend is going to tell a lot about where these teams are going to be in the playoffs, out the playoffs, whatever the case may be. I'm going to go over some of the games here that's taking place this week, mainly the ones that have somewhat of importance because now, like I told you guys last week or two weeks ago, because that was before Thanksgiving, this was the last week. Last week was the last week of the regular season. We're officially in postseason play at this point. So really, all of these games are important. But I'll go over each one in depth. And then I also want to talk a little bit about the games that took place last week. Because, man, that Iron Bowl, I don't know if you guys watched it or not. But it was amazing. But I want to go over some of the scores from the games last week first. And then we're going to jump into this week's games. So last week, we had UVA pulling off the upset. Finally beating Virginia Tech after 15 years. Uh, finally winning that game, thirty nine to thirty. That was a great game. I watched that game on Friday. It was a good one. Uh, Iowa, Nebraska was another good one. I were coming in at seventeen, struggled with Nebraska, but they did win twenty seven to twenty four. Another good game that also will be played again this week for the AAC championship is Cincinnati versus Memphis. This same exact game will be played again Saturday. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth. App State got a win over Troy, forty eight to thirteen. Georgia put a shellacking on uh, Georgia Tech, 52-7, and we'll talk a little bit about what Georgia has ahead of them this week. My Clemson Tigers went in and destroyed the South Carolina Gamecocks 38-3. Ohio State continues to roll really good right now by just absolutely just obliterating Michigan, 56-27. Like I said that that Iron Bowl game, we got we to talk about this one for a little bit before I just run through a score. We got to talk about this Iron Bowl. This is probably the only game i really kind of just actually talk about this week um, in last week's, you know, in last week's games. This game was so jam-packed, exciting to watch. In the second quarter, Alabama scored 28 points. Auburn scored 20 points. The second quarter was crazy. The third quarter was crazy. The whole game was crazy. It was a a great iron ball. I'm not even going to lie. It was a great iron ball. It really was. I want to go over Mac Jones' stats because he had two really costly interceptions because both of them were pick six, and that basically changed the landscape of the game. Uh, Mac Jones went 26 for 39, 335 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Najee Harris had um, 27 carries for 146 yards, um, Henry Ruggs had six receptions for 99 yards, but he's not the player for Alabama that really was going off. It was Jaden Waddle. Jalen Waddle set the world on fire. Um, and I don't even think he can come out the draft until next year. But he had four receptions for 98 yards and three of them were touchdowns. And he had a pump return back to the crib or kick return back to the crib. Excuse me. He did a lot. He made a big difference. In this game, because without Waddle's performance, they probably might would have got beat a little worse than they did. Because Waddle made a lot of good plays against a very talented Auburn defense. Um, On the Auburn side, Bo Nix, he went 15 for 30, 173 yards, subpar game. And I'm not trying to sound like a hater, I'm I'm just calling it what it is, subpar game. Jatarius Whitlow, he had 16 carries for 114 yards. And then Seth Williams had three receptions for 66 yards. This game was so exciting. It was so jam packed. It was so fun to watch. I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, But that's all I wanted to kind of say about the Alabama game. And for the first time, we will not see Alabama more than likely in the playoffs. Uh, They're ranked 12 right now. So the likelihood of them getting in is very unlikely right now. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, And that's actually one of the listeners view questions, too. So I don't want to jump too, too deep into it. And then the other big game that kind of had some instance to it was Baylor, and uh, when well, I even Baylor, really Wisconsin and Minnesota. Wisconsin came in and absolutely controlled that game at Minnesota, thirty-eight to seventeen. Minnesota, granted, they've had, had they've had a great year this year. Nobody expected Minnesota to be this good, but they have really turned a corner and really are looking really good right now. Um, they're on a bright path on their future right now. Let's see if P.J. Fleck can keep this up for next year. But they definitely, to me at least, they exceeded expectations. To me, they did a great job this season. Now, I want to go ahead and jump into the games for this week. So, the games for this week, all the conference championships are being played this week. And the one that probably is going to be the most, to me, competitive besides LSU and Georgia is going to be Utah and Oregon. Utah comes in this game 11-1. Oregon comes in this game 10-2. They'll play this out there in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. If Utah wins this game and Georgia loses, they're in the playoffs. For the first time in their program's history. They'll be in the playoffs. Um, Utah, I told I told y'all, I told y'all about this at the beginning of the season. Utah has one of the best defenses and one of the best defensive lines in the country. I told you guys that. They are stupid loaded. And I think I even went on the BOS podcast and said the same exact sentiments. I said, don't be surprised if Utah founds itself in the playoffs. And lo and behold, they have found themselves in the playoffs. They control their own destiny, essentially, if LSU handles business. Um, Utah can win this game, man. Oregon is going to be playing spoiler because at this point, with two losses on their record, they're not getting in. Um. For some reason, I got a feeling Oregon's gonna win this game. I really do. Like, this is it, would be the most Pac 12 thing to do is for Oregon to win this game. And and, and Utah be sitting outside on the outside looking in. I don't know why I have a strange feeling on tomorrow night. Well, on you guys' case tonight, that's gonna be a game that's coming on tonight at eight o'clock because I'm actually recording this on the Thursday. Y'all know how I do. Um, this is going to be a game where I think Oregon can actually win this game. Um, right now, Utah is a six-point favorite, six-and-a-half-point favorite right now, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Oregon wins. That would be the most Pac-12 way for something like that to happen. And we're going to talk about a scenario, too, if Utah loses and Georgia loses. What happens then? We're going to talk about that in a second, too, After we get, when we get to the playoff Stuff in a few seconds here. The next game which is another one that has a lot of playoff contingents to it because if Utah loses, this next team is probably going in. We got Oklahoma-Baylor. You know, when Oklahoma lost to Kansas State, everybody was like, oh, that's it. The competition is not enough. That's it. Game over. That, that, they're not getting in. And now that Kansas State loss looks even worse because they're not even ranked no more, and they've struggled since then. But Oklahoma and Baylor will be coming against each other. Now, a lot of people don't remember. Just a few weeks ago, Baylor had Oklahoma beat 28-3. So in Waco. So this is gonna be a rematch of that game. I think the winner of this game gets in. And that's why I wanted to bring up the Utah situation. If Baylor wins this game, they're getting in. If Oklahoma wins this game, they're getting in. Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts leads in passing right now and rushing for Oklahoma. You kind of want to see Kennedy Brooks get a little bit involved, guys such as that. You want to see a little bit more than just Jalen Hurts running all over the field, especially if they decide if they want to make the playoffs because it very well likely could be Georgia loses to LSU, Oregon beats Utah, and then Oklahoma beats Baylor and they find themselves in the playoffs. That could very well happen, but I think they're going to have to need more than just Jalen Hurts to get them there. The defense guys to wake up Things such as that, it just it has to happen. Um, Baylor rule. Everybody's talking about how great rule is and how great, you know, how great you know he is and how he should be an NFL coach. I hope he's not listening to the noise right now because he has a chance. If he wins this game and everything goes right, he has the chance to get himself to the playoffs after going one and eleven last year. He just went one and eleven last year he has a chance to actually get himself to a playoff doing a complete flip of going from 1-11 last year to 12-1 this year. That's probably the most remarkable job I think a coach has ever did, basically, in college football, or one of them. Um, yeah, I'm just really interested to see what comes out of that. Me, personally, I think Baylor wins this game, man. I think Baylor beats Oklahoma. I think they they use that revenge as a factor. They use that and and that motivates them. They were up 28-3. to I mean, good God. that Just knowing that would make me like, it would make me want to just play harder. If we lost to a team 28-3 and we're getting a second chance on them, and on top of that, it's probably for a bid in the playoffs, yeah, that's going to make me want to work harder. So hopefully Baylor can use that motivation for themselves. Louisiana is 10-2. They're facing Appalachian State this week. I don't want to talk too much about this, but I think App State's winning this game, and they're going to find themselves 12-1 this year. Even though Louisiana is a good team, at 7-1 in the Sun Belt, um, but that's going to be a good game to watch out for, too, as well, on Saturday at 12 o'clock. Next, we have Memphis and Cincinnati. Like I just told you, these guys just played against each other last week. It's hard to beat a good team twice, and Cincinnati is a good team. It is hard to beat a good team twice. It really is. I make. I, I'm. I'm just being completely honest. But I think Memphis has the tools to do it. Brady White has looked amazing this year. He's two, uh, two nineteen of three hundred and thirty, almost or a little bit actually over, uh, three thousand three thousand three hundred and seven yards and thirty two touchdowns. He's looked amazing this year. I think he continues that. I think they beat Cincinnati twice in one week. Um, the biggest game of the weekend, and I don't think it's really up for debate. This is basically a playoff game, essentially. Um Well, not essentially, because I feel like if LSU loses, they're going to still get in. Um, But this is still like a play-in. It's like a play-in semifinals playoff game to me. You got Georgia and LSU here in Atlanta. Georgia coming in 11-1. One of the best defenses in the country. And then that hot blazing offense of LSU that's probably the best in the country that's not named Ohio State. or They might be a little better than Ohio State. Joe Burrow right now is going to be a Heisman winner. I don't even think it's really up for debate. You know how last year you can kind of debate? like This year it's not up for debate. It's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, I have to throw like 10 picks for him to lose this this Heisman on Saturday. He would have to be horrible. Because I don't see no one near him. Even Justin Fields is like, not right now. He's just not near him. 44 touchdowns, 314 for 401, 4,366 yards. I mean, just incredible. He has two wide receivers over 1,000 yards right now. This is going to be a defensive battle game because LSU showed last week they can play a little defense. Georgia, like I said, has one of the best defenses in the country. For Georgia, if they want to win this game, they're going to have to play outstanding. I mean, outstanding defense. For LSU, what you want to come and do is you want to make Jake Fromm beat you if you're on defense. Make Jake Fromm beat you. Don't let Swift and all those running backs they got beat you. Let Jake Fromm beat you because this year they've handcuffed him. Coley has handcuffed him. I don't know why, but their offensive coordinator has handcuffed him this season. Don't know why, but he has. So if if Coley's going to let loose, this needs to be the game to let loose. Me personally, I still think LSU is going to win by more than 20 points. No, I'm not going to say 20. I, I respect Georgia's defense a little bit. i say this game would be like 27-14. 27-14, 35-20. I could see something like that, but... I I just don't see Georgia scoring more than than 20 points, bro. I just can't see it. 21 points. I just don't see it. Yeah, they did it against Georgia Tech, but come on. Georgia Tech is not a good – they're a rebuilding program right now. I'm sorry. I just don't see Georgia winning this game. I'm taking LSU in this game, man, and Georgia will be going on home. Next, we have Virginia versus Clemson. Virginia has showed that they can be effective if they really want to. But I think just Clemson's just so powerful on top of that. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder because the whole nation is doubting them. I don't think this game is close either. I think Clemson wins probably a score of like 45-20, 45-14, something like that. I don't think this game is close. I think Clemson really just pours it on. I mean, seriously. And like... When you think about Bryce Perkins and a scrambling quarterback, that's one thing Clemson's actually pretty good at. Scrambling quarterbacks, they shut you down. You see what they did to Kellen Mond this year. They shut him completely out. They played a few scrambling quarterbacks this year, and most of them they've completely shut out. So that's going to be interesting to see. Jamie Newman is another one from Wake Forest is having a tremendous year. They shut him out too. I mean, it's just, I think I, I read a crazy stat today that I think Kellen Mond only had one rushing yard against Clemson, and somebody can fact-check me on that, but Kellen Mond is a scrambling quarterback, and he had one yard on Clemson. If I, I, I'm actually going to look that up because now I'm curious, but that was a stat I think I heard today on the radio is that Clemson has one of the best defenses when it comes against the run. They have one of the best defenses in the country with scrambling quarterbacks. And with Bryce Perkins, that's kind of what they live off of. Is getting him going, running the ball, and then they try to, you know, sustain a pass game. You have Isaiah Simmons, one, one of the best players in the country, to me, in my opinion. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Clemson fan. If he was a South Carolina Gangcock fan, if he was a South Carolina Gamecock player, I still would be saying he is one of the best running backs. I mean, one of the best linebackers in the country. I mean, he's just that good. That guy is talented. Oh, wow, I was right. Yeah, Kellamon. he only had one yard in that game, and he's a scrambling quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see what that game plays out, but I think Clemson wins pretty decidedly. I don't think that game will be that close. I think at the beginning, Virginia's going to come out, play with a lot of emotion, play with a chip on their shoulder. They know everybody's doubting them. They know everybody's expecting this to be a walking apart game for Clemson. So they're going to fester off of that. They're going to fester off of that. So... We want to see what they can do after that, though. That's the important part. Let's see what they can do after that once those emotions die down. And then the last kind of important game, um, the last important game would be Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Now, we've seen this about a month and a half ago. I don't think it's going to be any different. I honestly don't think it's going to be any different. I actually would have rather seen Minnesota play Ohio State because I got a feeling this game is going to be a complete blowout. I would say somewhere in the ballpark of what it was, like 45-21, something like that, 56-17. to I don't think this game is going to be close. I really don't. And I'm not trying to be rude to Wisconsin or anything like that. What do they have to play for? They're not going to get in the playoffs. I mean, I just don't see the motivation for those kids to come out and say, we actually feel like we have a chance of beating, you know, Ohio State. And they know they don't. I mean, these these, kids, these guys know they're not beating Ohio State. They know it. Same thing with Michigan last week. They know they're not beating these teams. So I want to go over the college football playoff rankings, really the top 10 before we go. Well, the top 12 because Bama's there. So we have um, Ohio State at one, LSU at two, Clemson at three, Georgia at four, Utah at five, Oklahoma at six, Baylor at 7, Wisconsin at 8, Florida at 9, Penn State at 10, Auburn at 11, Alabama at 12. I'm going to talk about some playoff scenarios in the listener's view part of the podcast, because one of the, you know, one of, you know, somebody basically requested to have that talked about then. So I'm not going to jump into anything yet on that. But um I'm definitely going to talk about it, you know, when we come back, when we get to the listeners view part of the podcast, because there is a few different scenarios I could see working out for certain teams, but I'm going to tell you this now. And I'm not challenging once again, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Clemson fan. Whoever is at, cause Clemson, I can only see them at the highest, even if LSU loses at the highest, I can only see them getting up to two. Whoever you are, I'm telling you, you probably want to be either at the one or the four. Because whoever got to play an angry Clemson in that first game, good luck. Seriously, good luck. When you have Brent Venables, a defensive mastermind, waiting on you, been waiting for three weeks, good luck. Seriously, good luck. That's all I can tell you because they feel it. They know. Dead everybody's saying they ain't played nobody all year. They ain't, they ain't did nothing. They hear that. I'm telling you now, man. If you're Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, I would avoid Clemson at all costs. Because I honestly feel like, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Clemson fan. Clemson is the best team in the country right now. And I can pull stats to even argue that. When we come back, we're going to jump into some NFL, talk about some of the games that took place last week. We're going to talk a little bit more on Ron Rivera, some of the developments that took place, Cam Newton getting surgery. We'll talk about that a little bit. If you haven't already, follow me on IG at AO underscore T-Time 9 and also as well on Twitter at AO underscore T-Time 9. I have a lot of sports content on there that I'll be talking about. Then also as well, if you're on Instagram, you can follow me at Talks with T-Time the podcast and I'll be the one of the first things that pop up. We get back. We're jumping right into NFL, man. What is up, you guys? Your boy Tony Teton West, man, and I'm back at it again on Talks with Teton the podcast, man, episode. I believe, like I said, 15 or 16 that we're in on season two, man. We're going to go ahead and jump into some NFL football. I do want to go over some of the games from last week. Um, I won't go into deep detail on every single game, um, but I will kind of just go over the scores a little bit. We will talk a little bit about Ron Rivera a little bit more because a lot of people seem to be really intrigued about this whole Ron Revere thing. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I do want to kind of go over the games last week and kind of just give a short synopsis. Um, so, honestly, we had Thanksgiving last week. We had Chicago Bears beating the Detroit Lions 24-20. I know a lot of people are not going to like, like this, but Mitch Trubisky actually has been playing a little bit better as of late. Um, Buffalo going in to beat Dallas, making them 6-6 six and six right now. Uh, 26-15. to Um, new Orleans beating on the Atlanta Falcons 26 to 18, probably the best game of the week was probably the Baltimore versus San Francisco game where it was like a monsoon out there. Um, Baltimore won 20 to 17, uh, the game that probably got Ron Rivera sent out of Charlotte, um, when Washington beat up on them 29 to 21. And really the score doesn't indicate how bad that game really was. Really Washington really poured it on the Carolina Panthers. Um, um, Cincinnati and the Jets played. Cincinnati got the first win of the season. So kudos to them. Shout out to them. They got the first win of the season. Um, and then also as well, Tennessee is hot as of late well as well. Um, with Ryan Tannehill has been playing really good. They've won four of their last five. Um, and they beat the Indianapolis Colts, which is a really good team, 31-17. to Um, Tampa Bay got a win over Jacksonville, 28-11. The Philadelphia Eagles took a loss to the Miami uh, Dolphins. So the Dolphins have been playing better, like I said, as of late. Uh, They've been playing actually a little bit better. Um, The New York Giants lost to the Green Bay Packers 31-13. The Pittsburgh Steelers probably ended the Cleveland uh the Cleveland Browns hopes at a playoff because if they would have ran the table, which with the rest of their schedule they could have, they probably would have made the playoffs, but now that's probably over with because the Pittsburgh still is one twenty to thirteen. Um the LA Rams bounced back and got a win thirty-four to seven. The Kansas City Chiefs beat Oakland forty to nine. Oakland has reverted back to their old ways. I don't know what happened, but they were off to a good start, and then boom, they just hit the floor. Um Denver beating L.A. the uh, the Chargers in a close game, 23-20. to 20. It seems like every game the Chargers has played, has played this year has been a close game, um, and they've lost basically all of them, which is kind of sad. I actually want to look at that in a second here because the Chargers, it almost seems like every game they've lost, they've been in it. So I want to look at that in a few seconds here. We'll come back to that. Um, and then Houston beats New England, 28-22. And then a good Monday night game with Seattle and Minnesota, Seattle won 37 to 30. Um, now I want to look at this thing with the charges real quick. And I don't, I know I probably don't have a lot of charges fan, uh, fans listening to the podcast right now, but I do just want to look at something. So the charges are four and eight right now. Um, I do just kind of want to see their schedule. Cause I feel like every week I'm saying they're in a close loss. They're in a close loss. They're in a close loss. Um, and I'm right. Yeah. Every loss they've had this season has been close. Um, Let's look at this game right here. Only uh, well, Lions game that was the second week of the season, thirteen to ten. Texans game twenty-seven to twenty. Broncos game twenty to thirteen. Steelers game twenty-four to seventeen. Titans game twenty-three to twenty. Um, Raiders game twenty-six to twenty-four. Chiefs game twenty-four to seventeen. Broncos game twenty-three to twenty. So every game that the Chargers have lost this year has been within seven points. Um, That's crazy Because if you're looking at this They could be 12-0 and right now if they really wanted to Um, Yeah, I'm just looking at this now Because I figure like It seems like every week for the Chargers I'm saying they're losing in a close game And they're 4-8 and eight right now And they're literally probably two plays away From possibly being 12-0 and In each game that we're talking about So that's just crazy to think about But I do want to cover This week's games And then we'll talk about the whole Ron Revere thing So tonight for you guys will be yesterday, but tonight we have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Chicago bears. Both teams are six and six. Um, This is a big game for Dallas mainly because they're still in playoff contentions. Now Eagles keep stinking up the joint and keeping them alive with these losses, but Dallas is in a a division that is not good. Let's just call it what it is. The NFC East sucks. Um, but they need this win, man. I think they need this win for confidence. Um, really to be honest, because it just seems like they're lacking a lot of it, and that team is way too talented to be lacking confidence. Um, Mr. Trubisky, as I said, has been playing better as of late. Um, this game is in Chicago at night. In the in the end of well, in the middle of this well, really in the beginning of December. I don't know what month we in the way I'm acting. But, but anyway, in the beginning of December. In Chicago, it's probably going to be cold out there. I'm almost leaning to take Chicago in this game, man. But if the Dallas Cowboys want to win this game, they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to feed Zeke relentlessly. Um, that's the only way I can see them winning this thing. They're going to have to feed Zeke. Like, they're going to have to. But I'm actually going to take Chicago in this game, probably in a score of like 21 to 20. I think it's going to be a close one. We got Cincinnati and Cleveland. I'm not going to really elaborate on this game. Cleveland is 5-7 and and probably out of playoff contentions. Cincinnati is 1-11 and ready to take Joe Burrow at this point. So at this point, I'm taking taking Cleveland in this game. I think they'll win. Uh, Another pretty good game that we have this week, again, is Baltimore-Buffalo. It is a really decent game that I'm intrigued to see. Uh, Buffalo's defense has been amazing. There's no denying that. But I love Lamar Jackson. I love what he's been able to do. Now, I do see that this game is in Buffalo. Now, once again, it's the beginning of December. I don't know what the forecast is in Buffalo. Actually, I got some people in Buffalo. I know this is random, but I could probably hit them up and find out what the forecast is going to be on Sunday. But that's a game I can see it kind of getting tricky, depending on weather and stuff like that. But I think I'm taking I think I'm taking Baltimore in this game. man. I just love what Lamar Jackson is doing. I love how you know, Jim Harbaugh has really just cultivated this new analytic way of, you know, winning games, incorporating his offense. I think that's huge. I think they win this game. I think it's a close one, though, man. I know I've been, you know, doubting Buffalo all, you know, really all season. Shout out to my, uh, you know, a guy I grew up with, Shaq Lawson, man. Um, Shout out to him, man, you know, from the 864. But, you know what I'm saying, this is going to be a game that, it's going to really come down to who makes that last stop. I think that this is going to be a defense game because both of these teams have really good defenses. Let's keep that clear. They both have really good defenses. But I just believe in Lamar Jackson more than I believe in Josh Allen. So I think if it came down to anything, I think Lamar Jackson would make a, a play to seal the game up before Josh Allen would. Next, we have Carolina and Atlanta. I know. I mean, I know this is my team, and I know I, I'm here in Atlanta, so a lot of people that's from Atlanta listen to this podcast. But, man, both of these teams suck. Let's just call it what it is. Both of these teams are not good right now. Um, I'm going to take – I don't know why. This will be the most Carolina thing to ever happen. I think they're going to win this week. I really do. I really think they're going to win this week. Their season's over. They just fired their coach. we're going to jump into that in a minute. But I got a feeling Carolina's going to try to, oh, we did this for Ron. I mean, it's too late now. He's fired. But knowing them, that's something they'll do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But – Hey, you know, that's them at this point. I've already kind of tuned out the season at this point um, just because of my frustrations with them. We have Green Bay and Washington next. Green Bay is going to torch Washington. Washington won't have two good weeks in a row. It's just not happening. Um, We got Denver versus Houston. I think Houston keeps it rolling. Deshaun Watson's hot right now. Nuke Hawkins is hot right now. I think they keep that rolling. We have Detroit and Minnesota next Minnesota, I think they bounce back this week. They have to uh because the NFC is just so compacted right now. They have to win. They can't afford a loss right now. Um at 8 and 4. That sounds crazy. To- at 8 and 4, you can't afford a loss. But that's honestly the truth. Really, at 8 and 4, you cannot afford a loss right now. You really can't because the NFC is just that good. Um next. Another great game. San Francisco 10-2, and 2, going to New Orleans at 10-2. Um, this is going to be a really good game, and that's kind of rough for San Francisco because now they have two back-to-back games where, you know, they're playing some really competitive teams and also, as well, the time change. I mean, I think in Louisiana, it's only a two-hour difference from L.A., and if somebody from L.A. is listening or New Orleans, you can confirm that with me, but I believe there's only a... Um, you know, two hour difference between Louisiana and LA, um, and Louisiana and California. Sorry, um, but yeah, I, I think in this game, I think the Saints win. Um, Drew Brees hasn't looked great as of late, um, and against this defense, it's going to be hard to do because, like I said, they have five D linemen that were drafted in the first round. Um, so it's going to be definitely important to see what they do with that. We have Miami and the Jets next. I think the Jets win this game. I'll give them a game to win. Uh, and then this week, I think the president or the GM, or not the GM, the president and the owner basically came out and said that they're keeping Adam Gaze. So maybe they'll try to win a game there. But it's kind of sad that Adam Gaze is not really using Le'Veon Bell. It's actually pretty unfortunate. Um, next, we have Tampa Bay, who's actually right now number two in the NFC South, um, taking on since, uh, not Cincinnati, taking on Indianapolis, I think the Indianapolis Colts win this game 66. Uh, I, I say they're 6-6 six six right now. Um, I would say them see I can see them win this game like 24-7. I just don't I just don't trust Jameis, man. He's a turnover machine. He's not careful with the ball. He's just he's just a subpar quarterback. Uh I would lean more towards, you know, under average, honestly, to be completely real with you. Um next we have two teams that are four-and eight. We have the LA Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me the L.A. Chargers in this game. I think they'll win. Minshew coming back is going to be a lot to get adjusted back to because they did bench Nick Foles. Another good game we have at 425 is going to be the New England Patriots taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Foxborough. That team in Foxborough does not lose in Foxborough too often. So I'm actually going to roll with the Patriots on this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though their offense has been struggling of late, I think they'll lean on their defense to get this win. Next, you have Pittsburgh. At Arizona, I think Pittsburgh keeps their playoff hopes alive, find themselves eight and five and keep it moving. Tennessee, who like I just said a few minutes ago, have won four of the last five games. I think they continue that against Oakland and find themselves right now eight and five after that. I think they continue to win, even though this game's in Oakland. I think Tannehill continues to strive because lately he's actually been looking like an actual quarterback. Um so Tannehill's been striving since he maybe he just needed to change. Maybe that's just what he needed to be better. But he's playing a lot better right now. Um, Next, we have Seattle versus the Rams. I hate to say it. I think think Seattle puts the Rams out of their misery this weekend. I I really think they do at this point. Because I feel like if Seattle wins this game, LA Rams, they're out the picture basically at that point. Um, And then last game on Monday night will be the Giants versus the Eagles. The Eagles have to win that game. Um, I'm hearing Eli Manning is probably going to be playing in that game because Daniel Jones is hurt. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think the Eagles win that game and find themselves trying to get back into the playoff mix with the Cowboys, um, depending on what they do tonight. So I want to jump into this whole Ron Rivera thing a little bit more, not a lot, but a little bit more. Now, you know, when this whole place took thing Tuesday, I dropped the impromptu um, podcast about the whole thing with Ron Rivera. And you guys heard everything and everybody, apparently everybody listened because like I said, that was probably one of the most views my podcast has ever did. Um, so shout out to, once again, shout out to y'all because y'all came through on that Panthers podcast and that was impromptu. I didn't even do no promotion for it. I literally just got on my Instagram and said, Hey, we dropping a podcast tonight. I know I I normally prep y'all to it, but I just dropped it and it was getting a lot of love. Um, that was a cra Tuesday was a crazy day. Now I want to talk a little bit about this Ron situation. Now, at the time it hadn't announced, I don't think at that time they hadn't announced that they were doing a press conference for Ron the next day. Um in that press conference to Ron the next day, he basically was campaigning himself for his next job, which I don't blame him. Um he talked about how he kind of knew, you know, this time was coming. He thought he at least had to the end of the year but he kind of knew and he talked about how he was the first NFC South coach to to win three straight NFC Souths in a row and he he was talking spicy like he was talking with confidence um so you got to give him credit I mean what he was saying was true um it, i i'm at the point now where I feel like in that meeting on Tuesday morning something happened there was a rift that happened between David Tepper and Ron that was like, okay, we just got to let him go. Like, he just got to go. I don't know what that riff was right now, and I won't act like I will because I don't. But there had to be some rough for him because I thought Ron would at least make it to the end of the year, too. Nobody was expecting him to be fired on Tuesday. Nobody was expecting that from what I was hearing. All I heard was that most of the operations team had got cleared out, but nobody was actually expecting Ron to get fired on Tuesday. Nobody was expecting that. But Ron has been on this whole press run where he has been basically campaigning and I think it's smart actually. Like I don't have a problem with what he's doing at all. I think it's actually really what he needs to be doing to get himself ready for his next job. Um I mean Ron was talking real confident Real comp, and he should. He, I mean, if you really think about it, he has the pedigree to do so. Even, even though things as of late have been bad with you know Carolina, and I know this is a "what have you did for me lately" lead, but he's did a lot of good things in Carolina. His wife Stephanie is amazing. I've actually met her before too, as well on a few occasions, um, and they're nice people. And I wish the Rivera's nothing but luck. They were one of, some of the nicest people And some of the, really When I think about Charlotte They're, they're Mrs. Revere And Mrs. Rivera, Mr. Revere And Miss Revere Is kind of one of the first couple names That pop up in my head When I think of back home in Charlotte They've done a lot for the community and, and it was great And the time that they were there Has been great But it was just time for a change And I said that on my podcast It was just time for a change, man Ron has been an amazing coach. He's the best coach in Carolina Panthers history. I think I went on the record to say that too as well on Tuesday. He's great. But it was just time. The message got stale. We got tired of hearing missed opportunities. Ron will have a job soon. I think the Dallas Cowboys makes a lot of sense. I think the New York Giants make a lot of sense. I think Cleveland makes a lot of sense, honestly. Um, There's a couple teams I feel like make a lot of sense for him. I think Dallas probably makes the most sense, but they're probably going to go after Lincoln Riley. But I think what, what Dallas has now, Ron would probably make the most sense for them, personally. That's just me being honest. They probably make the most sense. But I, I'm, I'm happy that Ron, you know, Ron is because he doesn't seem like he's sad or anything like that. He seems like he's now motivated. And I can tell by the way he's talking, he seems more motivated. He doesn't seem like he's upset that he got fired. He, and basically, him and his wife went on FNZ today, WFNZ, and basically admitted, we knew this was coming more than likely. We thought it would be the end of the season, but hey, it's now, you know? So they kind of knew it was coming, but they didn't, you know, think it was coming that soon. Um. But me personally, man, Ron was a great coach. And I know a lot of people want to bash Ron. And I was one of the ones that said, Ron gots to go, man. Ron gots to go. He has to go. Something has to change. And, you know, it's just time. Now, also another news that broke really shortly after Ron got fired, I think the next day, Tiffany Blackman of a, you know NFL Network reported that Cam Newton is now getting injury. I mean, now getting a surgery for that injured foot, that Liz Frank injury. Now that causes me to believe two things. Cam Newton, because if you look at the timeline of everything, because they they were talking about this on the radio too as well today. Hollywood Brown had the same Liz Frank injury and same procedure as Cam Newton. And he did his procedure, I think, I want to say it was like middle of February, something like that. And he was back in basically eight to ten weeks. Um, I, and if you do the math on it, and some people are saying it's going to be close to, you know, three months. A lot of people are saying three months, basically. Three months is normally kind of around that time where they come back. Now, if he's doing it now, he's doing it next week in the middle of December. That means right around that March ballpark. And you know what March means for the NFL. That's when the new season starts. Cam Newton is positioning himself to either A, be traded or be healthy enough just in time for the new coach. I told y'all what position I think the Panthers should go in. But who knows? Who knows? I don't even know what's going to happen from here. But I know one thing for sure. If I'm David Tepper, you really got to really, if you're really serious about starting the rebuild, I'm going to be real. I, I kind of think you got to let Cam Newton walk. I'm serious. I really do think you, I love Cam Newton. But if you're really serious about the rebuild, I kind of think you got to let him walk. I really do. And I, I, it hurts me to say that, but I think you have to let him walk if that happens. Now, if you're going to say, hey, we got this new coach, we're going to come in here and give Cam Newton one more year, that's fine. But you have to make a decision. Next, I want to jump into some NBA shortly. Not for a long time, but shortly. Just want to talk about some of the teams and what some of these teams are doing. I want to talk about some possible MVP candidates already, most improved candidates already. What team has disappointed me the most? What team has made me the happiest the most this year? What team has really showed me they're for real? We'll talk about that when we get back. What's up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T. Time West. And I would love to have you guys to be a part of my podcast. If you want to come on my podcast as a feature, just to call in as a fan or anything like that, I would love to have you guys on my podcast. If you're interested, let me know at A.O. underscore T. Tom nine on Instagram and also as well on Twitter at A.O. underscore T. Tom nine. I would love to have you on my podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your boy Tony T Time Westman in the back of it again with another Talks for T Time episode, man. Here just kind of want to jump into some NBA talk. Um, I know we kind of haven't been talking about NBA that much here of recently, just because we're kind of in peak football season right now. We got college football playoffs coming up soon. The NFL is kind of heading into that grind time, but I promise you, from February on, we're gonna be probably talking mostly basketball, um, college, all that. So we'll definitely start jumping into more basketball probably after Christmas. Um, at that point, college basketball players start getting into conference play and then um, NBA, obviously. But I want to talk a little bit about some of the guys that I have out. So we have a few categories I want to talk about. I want to talk about most improved player as of right now, most improved team as of right now. Um, I would also want to talk about who would be the MVP as of right now, who would be the most disappointing player as of right now, um, who would be the most disappointing team as of right now. So those are kind of some of the things I want to talk about. I'm going to start with the bad first. You always want to just get the bad out of the way. So that's what I want to do. So let's go with the least improved individual this year. To me, it's KP. Now, I know that he's coming off an injury. I know he's been down for a year. But with him being in Luka and being in this one-two punch... He needs to hold his weight. He needs to hold his weight, and he's not doing that right now. He needs to hold his weight. It's a must because you don't want to tire Luca down, and then at that point when it's playoff time, he's already drained for the year. He has to step up and be better. So I think personally that, you know, KP has to step up. That would probably be, as of right now, my most disappointed player. Now, granted, like I said, it is still... Early in the season, but we will see. I think that's a guy that has to step up um I would say most disappointing team I mean, I have a few I could name off i I would also throw Mike Conley too as well, and that needs to improve like I would probably throw him in the mix too as well as you know um a guy that needs to kind of step it up a little bit. Now, I want to talk a little bit about probably the most disappointing team to me so far this year. And I don't even think it's a question. It's the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, This team just was in a Western Conference final last year. Um, And they're struggling to find their way to get into a playoff right now. They're two games out of the playoff, well, a game out of the playoff standards as of right now. Carmelo has literally had to carry them. Not trying to be rude to Carmelo, but that's just, we don't need Carmelo carrying a team. To the playoffs on his back, now they have won last three games because of Carmelo and how he's carried them. It's going to be interesting to see if he can keep that going, but to me, the Portland Trailblazers are the most disappointing team in my personal opinion. I would say San Antonio Spurs is kind of in that ballpark too as well, but I would lean more towards the Portland Trailblazers being the most disappointing team of the year. Now, let's get to the good stuff. The MVP as of right now, in my eyes, is James Harden. I think James Harden, not James Harden, excuse me. I think James Harden has the highest score right now, but I don't think he's the MVP. I think right now, I would say the Greek freak is probably the MVP of the league. He seems better this year. He just seems more determined this year. James Harden just scores a lot. He just scores a lot of like offensively, he's like damn near unstoppable. Let's just call it what it is. But to me personally, that's all he can do is just shoot 20 times a night, 30 times a night. Like That's all he does. He's just an offensive superstar. But Greek freak, man, he can do it all. I believe in the Greek freak. I think he could be the next big thing in the lead. I think he could be our next LeBron. Greek Freak right now, he's averaging 31 points a game um right now, 13 rebounds, so he's averaging a double double 5.5 assists, and he has the number one player efficiency rating as of right now. I think the Greek freak is probably the most, you know, well rounded and well put together person right now for the MVP. Um, I would say the most valuable player award would probably go to Paul Siakam as of right now. I think Devonte Graham would be in the mix for the Charlotte Hornets, but I would probably lean towards Paul Siaka because I thought he was a guy that probably could be a good 3 on a, on a good team and maybe maybe a good 2. But right now he's looking like he could actually be a 1. Um and if you put talent around him, maybe you can get Toronto back to the championship. I don't know. But as of right now, I believe that, you know, to me personally, I think that He's actually doing a really great job. And I know I've been touting Devontae Graham a lot. And I think he's another guy that has to be, I would say, second in the running. Devontae Graham was unheard of last year. I mean, he had a great college career. But, I mean, Devontae Graham didn't really see the field, see the court last year at all. Because, obviously, Kimball was there. But even as a backup point guard, he didn't really see the field. And this year, he's averaging almost 19 points a game. Um, for a guy that was just riding the bench. Now, granted, he did spend four years at Kansas, so he did stay his whole entire time in Kansas. But at the same time, um I think that Devontae Graham has also had to be he has to be in that picture as well. Um for most improved, but I would still probably lean toward Paul Siakam at this point. And then my most improved team to me, and I don't even really think it's a question. To me personally, it's the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are the most improved NBA team this season. They're 15 and 6 right now. They're 8 0 at home. They haven't lost a game at the crib yet. I mean, Eric Spolsch has did a great job. He's did everything he needs to do to keep that team afloat. Pat Riley. I knew they would be better this year. I didn't think they would. I think they would maybe get like in that sixth space, seventh space, something like that. But for them to be you know, where they're at right now is amazing. 15-6, and six, 5 stuff. So they're only a game out of second place right now. The Heat are really good. And that's a team that you really want to keep your eyes out on, especially if they go grab somebody like Greek Freaking Free Agency or something like that. They're going to be really a force to reckon with. But the Miami Heat look really good. They have a lot of young talent. Kendrick Nunn, a guy that was, like I said, unheard of. He's averaging 15 points a game. Tyler Hero as a rookie has came on strong. So, there's a lot of guys making a lot of contributions on that team. Uh, Bam, Abido, he's came on strong as of late. So, I think personally, um, I think the Miami Heat are really good, man. And they have a talented team. And they're really making a difference in the East right now. And I think it's actually sustainable, too, as well, because Jimmy Butler is the guy. He knows he's the guy. He doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder for anybody else. He knows he's the guy, and I think he loves that role. He knows that he's the guy. And he has a lot of young cats that want to work. So I think they won't have any issues. I really do seriously think that Jimmy Butler is going to make a world of a difference for the Miami Heat. Next, I want to jump into the listener view questions that we have for this week. I told y'all and I always tell y'all this, that is my favorite part of the podcast is getting you guys opinion on what y'all want to talk about, because I love when you guys get involved. It's amazing. I really do love and I really do appreciate it. Um, So we're going to jump into that next. And um, we'll go into some deep dialogue because some of the things we have kind of covered um, but I really want to dive in deeper on some of the things. Cause I know some people had questions about the college football playoffs and stuff like that. I want to take a deeper dive at that type of stuff. Like a lot of people was asking me about college football playoffs the Ron Revere thing. A lot of people had questions about that. Um, and I want to jump into it a little deeper because I wasn't able to get into it a lot today because I knew you guys wanted to hear that. So that's why I didn't jump into it in the middle of the podcast. But I'm definitely going to jump into that. If you don't already, I want you to follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at AO underscore T-Time 9. Um, like I said, a lot of sports content over there. Um, And then also as well, you can follow the podcast too as well. Um, The podcast is going to be at AO underscore uh, or at T-Time the podcast, and I'll be one of the first things that come up. Um, you can follow me there as well. A lot of good content over there for sports. Um, and um, like I said, we'll go ahead and jump into the listeners view questions when you guys come back. Because like I said, I love that part of the podcast. It's my favorite part. And I love when you guys interact, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, next, listeners view. What's up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony Teton West, man, and I'm back at it again on the Talks with Teton podcast, man. I want to jump right into the listeners' view section of the podcast. I appreciate you guys' contribution to the show, man. It really means a lot to me when you guys put in y'all opinion on what y'all want to hear about, so I'm going to go ahead and do so and talk about it. My guy, Justin, um, he said, should Jason Garrett be the next coach fired, and this was right after Ron Rivera got fired. Yes. Uh, I would... It would be between him and Freddie Kitchens. I don't think Freddie Kitchens is ready to be a head coach, but I would lean towards more as yes, Jason Garrett should be the next coach to be fired. I mean that team is too talented right now to be six and six, and after tonight they could be six and seven. So I think you got to get rid of Jason Garrett. They won't prosper until they get rid of Jason Garrett. So to me, yeah, I feel like um. I feel like personally, yeah, they should fire Jason Garrett. He should be the next head coach to get fired. I say it's between him, Freddie Kitchens, or Pat Shermer, too. That's another name i throw in there to get fired. Uh, But, yeah, it'll be between those three right there to be the next coach to be fired. The next one comes from my cousin Jabril. Um, He said, who do you think is the runner for coach of the year? I think Mike Tomlin, man. I, I mean, Mike Tomlin is so good. Um. I mean, you could obviously throw Jim Harbaugh in there after – because I remember last year people was talking about him getting fired. Um, So to have him, you know, flip this whole thing around within the last couple, you know, like in a year and a half or so, because I remember at the beginning of the last year, a lot of people was talking about, you know, Jim Harbaugh getting fired before he switched from Joe Flacco. And then once he got with Lamar, it's like ever since then he had been taking off. So I think to me it's between Jim Harbaugh um, – I even would throw Sean McDermott in there from Buffalo – um, also as well, I would definitely, to me, I still think it's Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is a tremendous coach. I told y'all this on the Panthers podcast. I would love, 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 love um, Mike Tomlin as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I would absolutely love it. Um, that's just me being completely honest. I would. Um, next question comes from my guy, Sean. My boy said, uh, talk about possible Super Bowl matchups and possible college football um, championship matchups. To me, I'll go NFL first. Possible Super Bowl matchups I can see. um, You can never count the Patriots out, obviously, just because, I mean, they're the Patriots, Uh, even if they're struggling right now. I do think the Ravens come out of the the AFC. If it was going to be a year to get the Patriots up out of there, I think this will be the year. Um I think right now I would say a possible one could be Ravens and possibly Saints. I could see another one being Ravens and 49ers again. Um I could even see don't sleep on Kansas City, man. Do not sleep on Kansas City. I think they've been quiet as of late, but I would be surprised they can get this thing rolling, man. So don't sleep on Kansas City either, but I think the Ravens are going to come out the the AFC and right now in the NFC, I'm leaning more towards either the Saints or the 49ers coming out there. So you can expect any of those possibilities of happening. So to speak on that possible Super Bowl, you can see Ravens, um, Ravens versus Saints. I think you can see Ravens versus 49ers. You could even possibly see Ravens versus Seattle. Um, I wouldn't mind Ravens versus Green Bay, but I don't think that'll happen. Um, And then also as well. I, I I would even throw the Patriots in, in some of those scenarios and maybe even Kansas City. Uh, But the AFC is kind of a little bit more between two or three teams. I think the NFC, it could be between a few teams because the NFC is so good. Um, College football championship matchups, I mean, right now I feel like it should be Clemson and Ohio State. I think Clemson and Ohio State are the two best teams in college football. I wouldn't be surprised to see LSU and Ohio State either. I wouldn't be surprised to see... LSU and Clemson either. Um, those are the type of possibilities I see in college football playoffs. And then my sister Chelsea said this podcast was especially good. It felt I felt the connection with the Panthers. Um, uh, yeah, I mean that was kind of the thing, man. Um the Panthers, I they get on my nerves, but I love them boys. Uh they get on my nerves. They always do stupid stuff, but I really do look up to that organization that, that is my team. Um, you know, like I said, I have a lot of connections with and inside the Carolina Panthers organization because I'm from Charlotte. I know everybody in Charlotte, basically. So you get news and you hear about stuff and it's like, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, that, that podcast was definitely special. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitated towards that podcast because I mean, it was just, it was raw. It was just raw. It was just straight up emotional, um, Really, like I told, I was telling Chris this the other day on Twitter, I think that's the biggest news in Carolina Panther history, is firing their most winningest coach. I think this is almost bigger than the news of them going to the Super Bowl a few years ago. I mean, that is big news that Ron Rivera, the winningest coach in Carolina Panther history, got fired in the middle of the week on his off day, because most of the time Tuesdays is when they don't practice. And yeah, I mean, that happened on Tuesday, and a lot of people was not expecting it, including me. Um, So, I mean, I think that was why it was so raw and so emotional And that's why everybody gravitated to that podcast Because everybody been saying, man, you was going in on that Panthers podcast It was just because, like, man, it was just so emotional, you know And it was so raw Um, But, yeah, man, that's basically going to cover up everything for this week, man We'll be back next week to talk college football playoffs at that point um, NFL will start getting towards their playoffs We'll talk some NBA next week And uh, we'll start really diving into things next week pretty hard on football and starting on basketball, too. I know a lot of people was asking me what about college basketball. We're going to start jumping on college basketball next week a little bit. Like we'll throw in a little college basketball here and there. Um, But right now, since we're just such in the thick of it with college football playoffs standings coming out this weekend, Stuff like that. We'll go ahead and jump into that stuff later. Before I go, I do want to say thank you guys for all your support. You guys have been tremendous. Also, as well, if you don't follow me already, follow me on AO underscore T-Time 9 on Instagram and Twitter, and then Talks with T-Time the Podcast on Instagram. We will be the first and that pops up, man. I really do greatly appreciate you guys, man, and uh, we're out for the night.